2: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live World One. Your inside look into combat sports.
3: All in your written. Let
2: it be done. Pull up some dust and sit down. And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in radio and internet history.
4: I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior.
5: I engaged in.
2: Pedro Fernandez. My advice to you: start drinking heavily. Damas y caballeros, bienvenidos, ladies and
6: gentlemen. Emanating, coming at you from the multi-million dollar sports byline studios in San Francisco, California. Check it, this is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Often imitative and never duplicated, 37 years of radio knocking out all bums week after week. Straight up, my name is Pedro Fernandez. Welcome to Ring Talk Live Worldwide for the next two hours. We're talking combat sports, both boxing and MMA. Live on Sports, Byline, Sirius, XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 211, and like thou- iHeartRadio and a thousand other internet platforms. Bottom line is we're rocking and rolling for two hours talking combat sports. You can join us on the toll free as the Godfather Larry Merchant will be in the house in just a few minutes. 1-800-878-7529. That's one 1-800- 800 Eight seven eight seven five nine, or you can hit yourself on the guilt free no commitment text line. That number one four one five two seven five one six one three. Studio text line once again the number one one four one five two seven five one six one three. Well, in the world of the USC, Khabib was dominant last night, as everybody expected. Uh, Justin Gates put up a good fight, but he was over in the second round. What can I say? I'm sort of tired of watching Khabib crawl and maul guys. That sort of, that style of fighting is just not making it for me. We'll hear from Khabib a little bit later in this hour, but that, that style of fighting is just not making it for me. The UFC is grading on me more and more. Why am I saying that? I don't know. Maybe it's cause boxing is making a comeback. Of course, King Tiafimo Lopez, having slayed the myth that was Vasyl Lomachenko. And yes, he was a myth. The pound-for-pound pound great, rating him up there with guys like uh, Floyd Mayweather, Roberto Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard. They were talking all kinds of smack about this guy. you got to be kidding me. Yes, he was a great amateur, but not a great pro. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
3: Now, Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World.
4: The year is 2019 and someone is waiting for the previews to start in a movie theater.
7: Hey, you want anything? Popcorn? Soda? No, nothing.
3: This has been The Sounds of the Old World, brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019.
8: Quote today at Progressive.com, Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
1: That's 800-472-5145.
2: Paid for by Airtime Media. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
6: 115 pounds Friday night. No big thing on my mind because anybody fighting under 126 just doesn't get me up. I mean, these guys are fighting with eight-ounce clubs, but there were a lot of knockdowns involved, so Juan Estrada did get off the deck. He dropped Carlos Quadra a couple times in the final round. Of course, uh, Estrada now 41-3, and three, a 28 and pounds. Also on the same card, Chocolito Gonzalez was the winner at 115 pounds. God, I wish that guy would sort of go away. He was the most overhyped fighter in the history of boxing. Of course, that was brought to us by Max Kellerboard. You are tuning to Ring Talk, live, worldwide. Check it. You're inside. Look into the world of boxing, MMA. On the line from Santa Monica, the retired HBO godfather himself. A very good morning to you, Sir Larry Merchant.
10: Same to you, Pedro. I have a question. Uh oh. <laughs> Did you see that World Series game last night?
6: No, you know I, you know I was running around, but talk to me about it. Was it something?
10: It was one of the greatest games ever played. Certainly in a World Series. Okay. It ended on, on a play that you couldn't make up. Uh. You couldn't make it up in in, in a movie. Uh, you couldn't make it up in a in a game with kids. Mm-hmm. It was just the most amazing closing to a World Series games, I think, ever. Um, I I don't know how to describe it, how to describe it to you, but a kid who just got on the roster at the end of the season as a as a d- defensive uh, replacement, replacement uh, gets up with a two out in the ninth inning and a man in scoring position, and he gets a single, and people are running the bases, and people are throwing the, base- the baseball all over and all around, and it ends with this amazing young player, I can't think of his name even, Azarina, maybe, Um, uh, taking a tumble and then getting up and dives across home plate. And they win the game in the last inning on that play when two runs scored on a soft single. And the Dodgers throwing the ball around, basically two errors on the same play. (laughs) And it it was just something that I'll never forget.
6: Okay. A special <coughs> special moment in sports history. Last weekend we had a special moment in sports history, of course. The changing of the guard at Lightwave, uh, uh Teofimo Lopez. Now his father says he's going to move up to 140 pounds. He's not going to fight anybody at 135. That's a negotiating ploy, right?
10: Uh Well, his father is ahead of me, at least, uh, and many others, uh, as he has been for a while. Um, I thought it would Take a year or two before he moved up. That he might uh, clean out the lightweight division, get a get a couple of fights there. He's only 23, mm-hmm. but he's got a big frame, and there's no doubt that he would he can uh, be a uh, a number one guy at 140, and then eventually move into the welterweight ooh, division.
6: Ooh, you know. That's funny. I was looking at a picture of myself and Bud Crawford the other day, taken about a year and a half ago in Cuba. Maybe two years ago. And I'm very big. I I was only 154 pounds at the time. But I am so much bigger than him, and he's fighting at Welterweight, and I couldn't fight at Welterweight because they were too big. So I think that, I think that Terrence Crawford has somehow missed the boat here. He doesn't seem to have the fan base. He doesn't see. I, I, what's, what's missing there, Godfather?
10: Well, Which for talking? one reason or for one reason or another, uh, he doesn't have a major following. Uh, back home in Omaha, he's a star, and he puts 14,000 people into the arena when he fights there. Mm-hmm. But in, and and so he's he's uh, fought out of there a lot, and. Whether it's just bad timing and who is on top, and in the age of Pacquiao and uh, so forth, Uh, he's been left behind. And uh, why would you fight him unless you can make a lot of money? And how do you make a lot of money fighting a a star in the ring who is not a star outside of the ring? Okay. Um, I don't know if mistakes were made in the promotion of him. Um, but, um, Bob Harum had other fish to fry and promote, uh, and, and, um, he got left behind. Okay. Um, I, I got to ask
6: you this, and know we're going to spend one segment together, but I, I read a statement this morning from, from the white house chief of staff. His name is Mark Meadows. He used to be a Senator and he says, we're not going to control the pandemic, America is learning to live with it. Um, I'm, I was sort of blown away by that. Being a 62 year old male with a uh, prior asthma condition as a as a kid.
10: Well, they've decided that they for for her, what they call herd immunity, which means you just let everybody die who's going to die, and then you'll be fine. And uh, it's astonishing that in this day and age it's Science and medicine professionals have always come to terms with these things. But um, it's a cynical view of the world, and um, it very likely will cost uh, Trump his presidency. Um, It's astonishing to hear. That, uh, you know, what they're saying is, oh, just forget this, we'll go back to work, and everything will be fine. Yeah, we'll have a few hundred people die every day or whatever, but we'll be okay. That's, that's what their message is.
6: It's, it's like it's like 800 people to 1,000 now, and it's, and it's going to climb. I'm looking at – you know, I'm I'm a guy that looks at numbers. I've, I'm not an accountant per se, but I've always looked at numbers, and I've always looked at history and, and studied numbers and this and that. And the numbers don't look good here. This is going to come back. And this is going to come back hard, harder than it did the first time, and it's really going to get scary. And what the government taking is we are not going to control the pandemic. I mean, well, that's frightening. Yeah, well,
10: I- and we have a president who calls scientists idiots and who's proving right the president or the scientists
6: well you and i know he's a buffoon and and, and that's that and that's not a knock on buffoons i'm sorry but well
10: for a lot of people that's what they want to hear you know so that they what, don't what, what, have what to
6: make what makes them want to hear that what makes them want to what makes them want to defy death and look the devil in the eye
10: because because they don't think it's going to happen to them, and the chances are it won't happen to individuals individually, and they don't want to alter their, their the way they function in the world um, to stop this thing. Um, they think of it as a, some kind of government suppression if they ask you to put on a mask. And, um, right. and they're, they're true believers in Trump. Last
6: question. After the Vietnam War, I noticed the dumbing down of America, the increase in college fees. I mean, you used to be able to go to UC Berkeley for like, you know, $1,800 for an entire year, and now it costs like 80 grand. Okay, or 100 grand.
10: So. You know how much it cost me? How much? When I went to college? How much? Uh, 168 dollars. Well, alright.
6: <laughs> well, you, well, you see my point
10: here. The dumbing <laughs> down of America. <laughs> is,
6: is this a result of the dumbing down of America that I saw in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s? Is this a, is this I, a result You know,
10: I, I, I don't know yeah. if, if, if that's it. We also see record numbers of kids uh, going to junior colleges as well as college. Um, but they're they're it, 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 dumbing down. Is looking for some kind of uh, I don't know. Some but they, don't you, they don't teach you. They don't teach U.S. history.
6: They don't teach U.S. history in Clinton school anymore. It's not. A, it's not a, a,
10: a real well, Forget and, and forget civics. Yeah. I mean, there have been polls that show how a third or more of the population, you know, can't name the different branch, branches, the branches of government.
6: Of government.
10: <laughs> I okay. mean, so and and then when things go wrong, they blame the government. Okay. Um, and the politicians are are have become more cynical than ever. And uh, and social media have entitled um, these uh, anti-government types to to find themselves all over the country and follow whatever they follow. So it's a time, but maybe maybe we'll look a, look back on this someday as a. Time when things changed and went back to normal in, in, in terms of how our national dialogue is is handled. Um, hopefully, that's the, that will be the start of of something like that.
6: Okay, words maybe, we... t-
10: maybe people who just will have gotten uh, tired of the division and 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 a, and a, and a so-called leader who encourages it. Okay.
6: Uh, That, the bad news out of the way, let's talk good news for a second. Real quick, give me your Gervonta Davis, Leo Santa Cruz uh, prediction next week. Showtime pay-per-view, October 31st, Halloween.
10: I think Davis will probably win by a knockout. Is this all about size? Yep. Well, it's not all about size, but, um, I don't know why, Santa Cruz is, a, is 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 even in the ring with him.
6: <laughs> that's what I keep saying, Godfather, because, you know, giving up all that weight to a guy that's a monster is
10: not a good idea.
6: Anyway, I hope you and the Godmama have a great weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll talk to you soon, sir.
10: Same to you, Pedro. Have the, a good day.
6: The greatest Larry Merchant on Sports Byline.
1: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906. 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Nobody
2: hurt me, but I know who hurt you, bum, goofy. Remember this? Ronnie Romero f*** you up in sparring. Is this you, Ryan Garcia? Is this you getting touched up? Is this you bleeding? Is this you running? Because it sure the f*** looks like you. Your promoter, Oscar De La it don't even believe in you. Do you want proof? Here you go.
12: Ryan's
2: ready for Tank? No. Uh-huh. Oscar, Oscar. I don't tank, tank is a beast. Tank is a beast?
3: And you're an Instagram dot. Remember that. Listen, Ryan Garcia wants to
2: fight you. We don't know the f***, you know? He, he gon' get and Ryan Garcia can beat Rolly. I give him 200,000 cash. Are you ever going to pick up that 200 from Floyd or do you want to stay ducking because you know you got little boys and little girls as your main fan base? You a bum. Now, more of ring talk with Pedro Fernandez. I had no choice. Okay,
6: why am I slamming Ryan Garcia after like blowing him for so many weeks? Well, uh, you know, because he got to go the other way. In other words, I'm not, like, all biased for Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia's got a good following. He's a good-looking kid, talks a good game, can punch, no doubt about that, knocking that Nicaraguan out in the very first round. Of course, was one left took the last time, of course. And he slated I think, to take on Luke Campbell. And Luke Campbell's only lost to Vasyl Lomachenko. Speaking of Lomachenko, of course, Lomachenko's now saying, oh, A, uh, Lopez was a little bit big and his arms were a little bit long. Really? Oh, well, you moved up and weighed from 126 to 135 pounds, pal. In other words, when you were beating up guys that were smaller than you, it was cool. But once you found up, uh, 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 fessed up with a guy that was your size or bigger. a mm, bit of a problem. Well, he hit hard. No, really. That's what he was complaining about. He hit hard. And now he's trying to say that he entered the, he entered the fight with a hurt shoulder. They ended up getting some type of a, uh, injection for his shoulder, but he hurt his shoulder again in the second or the third round or something like that. Bottom line is Vasil Lomachenko is looking for excuses. And I guess, I guess if I went 401 as an amateur, and then I went like 14-1 as a pro, I guess I would be making excuses for myself losing too because, you know, you really don't expect to lose. And, you, I mean, 400, come on, man. That's like 415 fights and you've lost like two fights. Come on, that's, not, that's one hell of a record. But he was an outstanding amateur, and that's what he is, an amateur, a fantastic amateur fighter. Hector Martinez and these guys, you know, they played up the fact he was able to chip down guys at 126, 130 pounds. He stepped up to 135. All of a sudden, Mr. Invincible got dropped by Jorge Linares. They tried to make excuses. Oh, Linares is a great fighter. Yeah, Linares ain't great. Linares won't be in the Hall of Fame. All right, anybody's Hall of Fame. Anyway, maybe the Mexican Hall of Fame. But but outside of that, no. So what I'm trying to say is Lenores drops him, okay, he looks good against oh hello, he looks really good against other guys. Hand picked opposition. When you hand pick guys, let me tell you, they don't fix boxing, they arrange boxing. What I'm trying to tell you is, um you know, they get a guy that's like an eight or a nine and they put him in with a guy that's like a four or a five. He has no chance. Much like Leo Santa Cruz next week. You heard Larry Merchant just talk about that. Of course, Santa Cruz, former champion, no, current champion at 126 pounds, I believe. Um, super featherweight world title. Of course, he holds the 130-pound championship, having last defended it in November of 19, uh, 2019 against Miguel Flores, of course, a unanimous winner over 12 rounds. Outside of that, he's went to the distance in three of his... Uh, last uh, taking back four of his last five fights so he's not a big puncher including going the distance with Carl Frampton he did knock out Chris Avalos outside of that not a whole lot shining on a Leo Santa Cruz's record 37-1-1 19 kills now across the corner across the ring the other guy yikes I mean he's a monster. They call him tank. They call him call him tank for nothing. He rolls over people like tanks. Twenty five years old, of course, made his debut in twenty thirteen, a Southpaw to boot that can punch out of Baltimore, Maryland with a record of twenty three and zip. Twenty two KOs. Twenty two KOs. Of course, he's the bigger guy. He's a hundred and thirty five pound champion. He's a guy that I have always say looks chubby, sort of like Adrian Broner, one of those guys that just doesn't doesn't Dedicate himself, doesn't do hundred percent making the weight, sort of makes the weight in the sauna or the hot box or something like that. Anyway, I don't think he'll be able to do that this way. I think he'll have to train his way down to one thirty, maybe sweat off the last couple of pounds in the sauna, but he can't just rely on the sauna to make one thirty. I think if he does, he'll end up coming up a little bit weak. And that's where Leo Santa Cruz thinks there's an advantage for him. Good Lord, Leo, there is no advantage here for you. How Al Heyman counts you into this Al Heyman Al Heyman's a promoter, premier boxing champions. He promotes both Gervonta Davis and Leo Santa Cruz. Well, guess what? Neither of them really has something big happening, so he puts them together. And this is sort of like sacrificing – I mean, this is like a – like a sacrificial lamb. Davis needed a fight, so you throw Leo Santa Cruz at him. Leo Santa Cruz is going to get destroyed. I mean, Larry didn't say it, but I will say it. he's going to get destroyed. This southpaw from Baltimore, Maryland, is the real deal. And when you look at the rest of the 135-pound class, of course, we're talking about lightweights, and I just got done dogging uh <laughs> my man Ryan Garcia. And, you know, I mean, he's, listen. Ryan's got a hell of a following, a lot of girls, a lot of guys, Instagram, all that kind of good stuff. More power to him, and I think he's he's really got some talent. He's really got some ability, and he's got better he's got better command of the uh, social world than Oscar De La Hoya did at his point at this point in his career <clears throat> through twenty something fights. I'm just telling you, he just does. I mean, not as big a star as De La Hoya was. But he can sell out the, the Honda Center in, uh, in Anaheim, California, like in a couple hours. That's 11,000 seats. And he are going through the rest of this 135-pound stack division. And it's not all that stack once you get through, like, four or five names, okay? Let's go through the top ten. According to Box Rec, who's supposed to be independent and computer, and computer-rated, Ryan, uh, Jorge Lenar the aforementioned guy that dropped, uh, uh Lomachenko, sort of exposing the, the young man to the fact that he is human. And he is number ten. Ryan Garcia is number nine. Of course, 20 and zip. Luke Campbell, 20 and three. Of course, Ryan Garcia and Luke Campbell are supposed to hook it up. Uh, Javier Fortuna is 20, 35, 2 and 1. He's a part of the USA. He is number seven. Richard, Richard Comey is number six. Of course, he was knocked out by, uh, Teofimo Lopez in two brilliant rounds, uh, about six or eight months ago. Devin Haney, the email champion, the WBC. I don't know. What is he? What is he? He's a paper champion. Devin Haney, you're from my hometown. I got a dog, you, and you're from my hometown. You're, good Lord, man. I mean, I thought he did the right move. He pulled out of the amateurs. He said, you know what? I'm not going to fight these chumps in these three-round fights. He's, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to fight these amateur fights because I end up screwing them anyway, and the chances of me going to the Olympics, even the, even if I've got the ability to be on that team, is somewhat questionable because you never know what the amateur boxing f- officials in this country are going to do. The only thing more... A uh, suspect, then professional boxing, believe me, is amateur boxing. Anyway, I'm going through Devin Haney's now 24 No, of course, uh, orthodox fighter, fighting out of Las Vegas, originally born out of San Francisco, California. Hasn't done anything. Has no fan base. I mean, come on, Devin H- I mean, geez, who's going to watch Devin Haney fight? I mean, I know he can fight. Hector knows he can fight. A couple other people know he can fight a little bit. But outside of that, you know, 10 or 12 people, that doesn't make for some type of backing, much like Bud Crawford. Like we just mentioned him, the aforementioned Terrence Crawford, the WBL 147-pound champion. No following. None. And as you know, people say to me, well, maybe it's the black fighter syndrome. Ooh, what does that mean? Well, you know, the Black Fighters is, is that Black Fighters don't draw on their own unless they're superstars, much like uh Sugar Ray Leonard or something like that. Well, maybe that does apply to an extent. And maybe Black Fighters do have to work a little harder in order to get the attention and draw the fan base. But I think there is some merit to the fact that when I go through this top ten here, there's nobody, I'm not, there's nobody here outside of Davis that has a chance of beating Teofimo Lopez. Is Lopez gonna stay at 135? I guess that's the big question, the $64,000 question. As far as Lomachenko's concerned, he wants a rematch, but get this, he wasn't smart enough to put it in a contract. He thought he was gonna light Teofimo up. Him and his dad said, we don't need a rematch. <laughs> now you're begging for it. Chump, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
2: Down to the nightclub uh-huh. What's hot for business this week at Staples?
3: Small prices, big savings.
2: Help your business go big with amazing prices on everything you need to pack and ship.
7: Right now at Staples, save 20% on UPS expedited shipping services. Plus save up to 30% on select shipping supplies.
2: Shop in-store or get same-day delivery through Instacart. And save big at Staples.
8: Ends 1031. While supplies last. In-store only. See store for details. Instacart fees, taxes, and or tips
7: may apply. Delivery subject to availability. Additional terms apply.
9: Cleanings, checkups, and cavities. Have Dr. Chang's dental practice at capacity.
7: Patient in room one is getting a root canal. The x-rays in room two are going to have to wait. We're down to one hygienist.
9: It's time to hire.
7: I need Indeed.
9: Indeed you do. The moment you sponsor a job on Indeed, you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database. Indeed delivers two and a half times more hires than the other branded job sites combined, according to Breezy HR 2019. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get a $75 credit for your first job post. Terms and conditions apply.
2: And now today's rust-eating tip of the day, presented by Free All Deep Penetrating Oil. You're all set for a quick tire rotation until you have a rusted-on wheel. Coat those lug nuts in penetrating oil, let them sit for a few minutes, and you'll have them off in a cinch. Now give a generous spray into each mounting hole, place a 2 by 4 on the outer edge of the wheel, and smack the wood with a mallet, just enough to create some braking force and vibration. Repeat if necessary.
3: Look for the silver can.
13: Tune in to Salesport Talk on Sports Byline with Karen Lyle and Rick Tittle, Tuesdays at 9.37 a.m. and at 3.37 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, coming to you at your time zones all over the globe. This was brought to you by All Bay Collision, over 60 years of experience in auto restoration and body repair for SUV, buses, and more. In the San Francisco Bay Area and Tri-City Area, call 510-489-1313. That's 510-489-1313. And tell them Salesport Talk sent you.
2: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. I
8: Thank y'all for tuning in. All the fans around the world, we love y'all.
6: Some East Bay soul, baby. Greg Adams and Company. Greg was so cool. I remember Greg, he was in high school. He was playing like... You know, these these big gigs, these big concerts and, and that with this band, Tower of Power. And then before you knew it, he, he turned down the Joliet School of Music, joined Tower of Power full-time, and the rest is history. And now, of course, he is the leader of East Bay Soul. Check them out. They're holding these Friday night concerts for free on Facebook. So East Bay Soul is their website. East Bay Soul, of course. Man, Greg Adams is kicking that ass. Speaking of kicking that ass, well, no surprise, Khabib is still undefeated. Of course, Khabib. New Mega Man Off, of course, he world lightweight champ, 155 pounds. At least that's what he's supposed to weigh in. And it's a little controversy as to whether he made 155 pounds to be exactly. But the bottom line is they did sanction the weight. They sanctioned the fight at 155 pounds, of course, against Justin Gates. Gates came in at 22-2. and two. Uh, Not surprisingly, he left a, about 6 minutes and 34 seconds later. Of course, it's 5 minutes around, meaning a minute and 34 seconds in to round number 2. He was, like, done with a triangle choke. Now, I felt bad for the kid because when they went back, he went back after the first round. He was beat up after the first round, and there was nothing they could tell him in the corner. I don't think I've ever seen that. I mean, I, I just—I don't think I've ever seen it to the point where there's nothing you can, there's nothing I could tell you to do. I'm sending you out to be to be slaughtered. There's no other way to put it. The bell rings or the, the gong goes off, and the bottom line is. Gates gets off the stool and a minute and 34 seconds later, he's tapping out. At the end of the night, Khabib still like 29 and 0, 30 and 0, 100 and 0, never lost a fight, never lost a round allegedly in uh, the American Kickboxing Academy. You remember Kyle Kingsbury came on his show many, many years ago talking about this guy that came into the gym from, from Russia. This guy, Khabib. He kept talking about this guy, Khabib. And, and you know, Khabib this, Khabib that. And then of course, bang, Khabib wins the, the most avoided lightweight for about a year. And then he wins a lightweight championship. And my knock on Khabib is not the not his ability to fight this and that. Although I'm not a big fan of that laying on some guy and like tiring him out and wrapping his legs up and then beating him up and that kind of good stuff. To me, that's just that I don't know. I'm just not into that. But what I did what I did commend Khabib for was he has some good boxing. I mean, he, he used to box. I mean, I used to watch his hands stand up boxing. Good combinations, throws pretty good for a, for an MMA fighter. So and he can whack when he punches you, you do feel it. But You gotta knock him for the fact that he now he wants to retire. I mean he says he wants to retire and of course he's a guy that's been able to fight guys with a 15 or 20 pound weight advantage and that's what kills me he weighs in at 155 he steps into that cage around 175 maybe close to 180 we don't know exactly but if they got this white this weight of his down to a science to get him to 155 he's 155 or around there for just a minute and then he's back up to you know come fight time close to 180 pounds and if you're a 155 pound fighter like justin gates who's probably going to walk into the cage maybe eight or ten maybe eight pounds heavier later Maybe, you know, if he didn't cut all that kind of weight. But um, if he walks in at a, at a normal weight gain, he's going to be at a severe disadvantage. And that's what these guys are all at against Khabib, a severe severe, survived disadvantage because he gets at 25, 30 pounds, and he lays on two, uh, lays on top of you like some type of gay sex. The bottom line is, I'm not a big Khabib fan, but here is Khabib post-fight.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, referee Jason Herzog is called to stop to this contest at 1 minute 34 seconds of round number 2, declaring the winner, by technical submission due to a triangle choke, and
3: still undefeated and the UFC undisputed lightweight champion of the world,
2: Khabib, the Eagle,
12: Nurmagomedov! And now without question... The number one pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world, 29-0, and 0, Khabib Nurmagomedov. The world is in awe of your greatness once again. I will give you as much time to gather your emotions. But I see your corner men taking the gloves off. Your thoughts on an epic championship performance tonight. Congratulations. <sighs>
14: Alhamdulillah. <sighs> Alhamdulillah. God give me everything. Thank you for these guys. These guys with me and with my father more than 20 years. All my team, AKA, with Coach Hav, I love him so much. All my team. Oh, thank you. Today, I want to say, this, it was my last fight. And no way I'm going to come here without my father. It was first time. when, After what happened with my father, when UFC called me about Justin... I talked with my father, my mother, three days. She don't want to go fight without father, but I promise her, it's going to be my last fight. And if I give my word, I have to follow this. It was my last fight here. I know only one thing, what I want from UFC Tuesday. You guys have to put me on number one pound for pound fighter in the world, because I deserve this, and UFC undisputed, undisputed, undisputed UFC lightweight champion, 13 in <sighs> all, 13 in UFC, 29 in um, all my pro pro-mer- MMA career, you know, oh, I think I deserve, it. and one more thing, uh, I want to say thank you, Lorenzo, Fertitta, thank you, Dana Hunter, all oh, guys, thank you so much, and of course, I don't, Forget about Josilva who signed me here in UFC. Josilva, thank you. All this UFC team, everybody around the world. This all pandemic stuff they're doing. Great show, you know. Thank you so much, Justin. Justin, 2016, I remember when I cut weight. You helped me a lot. Thank you, brother. This is fight without cage. I know you're great man. I know how you take care of your close people. I know a lot of things about you. Be close with your parents, because one day it's going to happen something, because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. You never know. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Coach. I love you so much. My teammates, Ali Abdulaziz Rizwan.
12: Oh, alhamdulillah, today is my last fight here in UFC. So as you put the gloves down, you do so as the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world. You go out the way you wanted to as the undisputed UFC lightweight champion. How hard was this week for you overall?
14: It was my father uh, my father dream. What else? Dustin and Corner gonna fight January, I choke him out, both of them. I'm not instring for this. I am not interested for this. One yeah. И для моих болельщиков. Если скажу для болельщиков с России, будет неправильно. Просто скажем для всех русскоговорящих. Большое вам спасибо. В 2008 году, когда я начинал это. И когда в 2012 году я первый раздрался, подписали ВВС, очень многие не верили, очень многим это было невозможно. Я простой парнишка из обычного горного села Дагестана, приехал сюда. Вчера мне брат даже говорит, гугл сказал, что ты самый обсуждаемый человек на планете. Я просто не мог в это поверить, потому что... Просто вы сами представляете, да? У меня даже в голове этого всего не было. Я просто хотел месяц с отцом мы шли. Просто хотел стать чемпионом. У меня даже в мыслях не было, что вот так все может на мои плечи обрушиться. Ах, альхамдулиллах. Если у вас есть родители, будьте рядом с ними, и все. У меня один остался родитель, это моя мама. Я хотел бы побольше времени ей уделить.
12: You have left an indelible imprint on this sport and we congratulate you as you walk away 29-0. and 0. There's only one Khabib Nurmagomedov. We wish you a safe trip home and uh, we look forward to your UFC Hall of Fame induction in a few years. Congratulations. Thank you so much, DC. I love you, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, the undisputed UFC lightweight champion Khabib Nurmagomedov. So the guy speaks all that Russian, and, and, and the Mexican guy doesn't
6: interpret him? I mean, come on, man. What was going on there? He's, he's, what it could be bad to say. I mean, we want to know what could be bad to say. They should have translated that. No, no might have a little broadcasting shortcomings there. Uh But ESPN's got it going on as far as their pay-per-views are concerned. I mean, the boxing and the... um and, and their straight fights and and the fact that ESPN plus has got both fights on ESPN and ESPN plus both boxing and mixed martial arts, ESPN is doing a good job. I'm not knocking them. So Khabib's a winner over Justin Gaethje, The co featured Robert Whitaker, the former World Middleweight champion. I think he lost his title when he got injured, like in like in the dressing room or something like that. Uh took out Jason Cariner. It was a unanimous nod across the board, two rounds to one Of course, they fight three five-minute rounds. Alexander Volkov knocked out Walt Harris. Walt Harris is my favorite guy when it comes to names. But here's what's up. Walt Harris got in shape for this fight. He really did. But, you know, you're not a heavyweight, man. You're like... A light heavyweight. He just didn't realize he's a really a small heavyweight. And Alexander Volkov is a big heavyweight. And a body kick and punches ended that fight at 115 of the second round. Outside of the rest of the card, ha, 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 uh, tied to Vosa knocked out Steven Strew. Stevens Strew once challenged for the light heavyweight championship against John Jones. Of course, he went the route. Um, outside of that, not a whole lot on the card. Of course, last week, the Korean zombie got lit up like by Brian Ortega. Not that, Uh, it was the biggest upset in the history of the world, of course, but it was a big upset in the world of MMA. I mean, it was a two and a half to one underdog. We'll talk about Brian Ortega, of course, 18 and one, comes to us undefeated at one point in time out of LA. Of course, I had that fight with Max Holloway about two years ago. That destroyed him, I thought, as a fighter. I thought it destroyed him, like, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, the whole nine yards. I didn't think he'd ever come back from that. He's got his team, he put a new team back together. He, of course, he took on the Korean zombie and, Korean Zombie was supposed to win that fight, according to the Ozmakers. Well, guess what? Didn't work out that way. Talk about Brian Ortega winning a five-round decision, going away, winning every round, no doubt about that, and looking dominant. At the end of the night, Brian Ortega looks like he's still got flash, but I still see permanent lumps in him. And when I say permanent lumps, I mean it, when you look at a guy, he's not the he's just not the same. I mean, boxing or MMA or the combat sports, whatever you want to say, the residual effects they sort of look like they're there with. Brian Ortega already. In fact, he sort of talks a little differently than he did a couple of years ago. And these are the, these are some of the things that you notice as, as fighters, you know, a mature. I mean, immature. They, they they speak differently. As they immature this and that? But when the residual effects of combat sports, when they start to take hold, they start to take effect. Things start to happen. Some guys start to forget. Some guys don't talk so well. Other guys, you can look at them, and one eye's looking at you, and the other guy's looking, the other eyes looking the other way. I mean, these are all signs of the com, uh, of residual effects in combat sports. And I was talking earlier about the the dirtiness of this uh, of MMA and UFC. I just don't, I don't know. I. I You get need in the head, you cannot recover to the point where I think you can come back and fight again. I just don't think so. I think if you get need in the head, if you get that type of 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 impact to your head, you get kicked that hard, I just don't think you should be able to come back. I think your brain's really been damaged, it's been injured. It's going to bleed to an extent. That's what a concussion is, is a brain bleed, okay? So you don't want your brain bleeding that often, especially in the world of combat sports. Some people say to me, Sidney Hall, the attorney down there, in San Jose, California, formerly out of Burlingame, California. Of course the guy that brought Manny Pacquiao to the forefront of of United States boxing brought him to Moord Mohammed before you knew it. Manny was a superstar, but he tells me that he thinks that concussions are, are in every sparring session. He thinks that every time you get clipped with anything, anytime there's any impact to the head, that there's a mini concussion going on. So maybe I get Sidney Hall on the show to talk about that in the near future. You are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide. Check it. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and MMA live in the hour number two. Of course, I'm bringing you to the UK. Actually, the UK is coming to us. That's right. We'll talk boxing, of course, with my buddy Kenny from across the pond. Um, of course, who's in the news? The World Heavyweight Champion, at least one of them. I mean, Tyson Fury is really a guy. He says he's going to fight in December. We'll talk with uh, my guest about that. And we'll also talk about hmm, Anthony Joshua, 2012 Olympic gold medalist. Is he the real deal? I used to think he was. Now I don't think he is at all. Of course, he's getting beat by Auntie Louise. Straight up, Rolls Royce to the break. This is Ring Talk.
9: 800 439 7851. 800
5: 439 7851. 800 439 7851. 800 439 7851. Well, where do you hurt? It's my head, Doc. It's my head. Dizzy? Ring in your ears? Well, I mean, it's all the time, Doc. Like bells? That's it, Doc. Like bells. Huh? That, Doc. How do they go? Uh, Dong-dong, ding-ding,
2: or ding-dong? It's important. Ding-dong? Dong-ding? No second guessing. uh, Too bad. Should go dong-dong. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Something new from the
6: mighty Tower of Power. They call it the soul side of town. They got it going on with that new LP, LP album, digital release CD. I don't know what they sell anymore. Bottom line is I get my music off YouTube. (laughs) You are to the Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You know, every time I ran over somebody when they would send me down to the valley... And I went to go down to the valley. Otis Grimble would send me down to the valley to, to qualify for these other tournaments. And I go down to the valley and I beat some guy and that really, you know, wasn't much to beat. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times they quit in the corner and things like that. But I didn't brag and I didn't boast about that. I didn't come back and say, you know what? I busted, you know, because the guy wasn't much. You know what I'm saying? So, when I saw this guy, Super Bantamweight, 122 pounder, Belmar Pistado, celebrating the other night after knocking out a guy in 19 seconds, I said to myself, "Well, look at the guy he knocked out in 19 seconds. His name was Rodolfo Hernandez. Okay, he was 30 and nine coming in. What were the odds of him going to be 30 and 10?" Pretty good. 19 seconds, a left hook to the body. Port Hernandez down on the deck to the end it. But let me tell you, get hit with a body shot. Never been dropped with a body shot, but I drop people with body shots. And you know what? They don't get up, and when they do get up, they're weakened. Hour number two of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Forthcoming here on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, SiriusXM, XM, Satellite Radio, the American Forces Network. Of course, I can go on and on and on, but the bottom line is we're rocking and rolling. Hour number two. Kenny Rainford will be here. We'll talk, of course, and also uh, UK Boxing. Uh, as far as European boxing is concerned, the heavyweight championships, of course, both are from the U.K. Um, and we'll also hear from, um hmm, how about Chuck Webner? Remember Chuck Webner? Yeah, he was the guy that sort of the whole Rocky movie thing was based on. That's right. Sylvester Stallone stole his idea, had to pay him off a bunch of years later, but he stole his idea. Created the Rocky movies, and of course, that was about Chuck Wettner. We'll talk with Chuck Wetner in hour number two of Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Of course, com- coming up after the news, it's Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Now, if you listen live, which is our 11 a.m. Pacific time, Saturdays and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we go live. And of course, we can also schedule us on many podcasts, including Anchor.com, the Ring Talk Live Worldwide podcast at Anchor.com. Stay tuned for hour number two of Ring Talk Live Worldwide after the news. <music>
15: The Senate is moving forward with the nomination of Judge Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. Senators advanced her nomination today with a 51-48 to vote. This came despite Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski and Maine Senator Susan Collins joining Democrats. The final confirmation vote for Barrett is expected to happen on Monday. President Trump not taking Sunday off from campaigning, the president spending time in New Hampshire, a state he lost in 2016.
9: But Sleepy Joe voted for NAFTA, which was the worst thing that ever happened to your state and all of New England more than any place. Your factories are still, some of them empty. And China's entry into the World Trade Organization, he shuttered your factories, shipped away your industries.
15: The president also telling the crowd the United States is turning the corner in its battle against the coronavirus. USA Radio News.
4: Okay, some good news during a challenging time for everybody, and this could really help. You may know hundreds of thousands of people have already made the switch to MetaShare, which is the affordable alternative to health insurance. And with so many people looking at how they pay for healthcare right now, seeing premiums going up or the cost of COBRA plans, MediShare has a special offer, and a lot of people are taking advantage of it. Simply apply by October 30th, and they will waive your new member fee. That's $170 savings. And, of course, that's just a start. The typical family saves $500 a month after making the switch. MetaShare is a Christian community that has shared over $4 billion in medical bills, and it's worked beautifully for decades. I'll give you the number here in a second, and if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to get your additional savings. Here it is. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833 bible Eight three three thirty four bible
15: A top Biden campaign official says the Democratic nominee is going to what they believe is a new battleground state this week.
8: Biden uh, is going to be in Georgia uh, on Tuesday. He's going to actually be making a significant uh, message speech there.
15: On NBC's Meet the Press, Kate Benningfield says Joe Biden will deliver his closing arguments in the state
8: that we can come together to overcome these crises, that there's no challenge too great for Americans to meet, but the first thing they have to do uh, in order to do that is vote.
15: The latest polls in Georgia show the race a dead heat. With stimulus talks a standstill between the White House and Democratic leaders, Democratic Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi says she's waiting for a final answer from the White House as the election draws near.
7: I sent over on Friday the list of the concerns that we still had about Mm. what what is the answer. My understanding is he will be reviewing that over the weekend and we'll have some answers on Monday.
15: Pelosi speaking there on CNN. This is USA Radio News Department of Homeland Security clearing up some misinformation regarding illegal immigrant children at the border. USA Radio Network's Vail Dior has the details.
7: The Department of Homeland Security is responding to a report released by NPR alleging the agency is not doing enough to find families of minors separated from adults while trying to cross into the U.S. illegally. The policy of separating adults from kids began during the Obama administration, and President Trump ordered a no-tolerance enforcement of that policy at the U.S.-Mexico border. DHS spokesman Chase Jennings clarifies, for example, that out of the parents of 480 five children whom plaintiff's counsel is able to contact, they've yet to ID a single family that wants their child reunited with them in their country of origin, possibly meaning they're getting better care in U.S. custody than their families can provide.
15: Reaction still coming into a peace deal that was announced on Friday between Israel and Sudan as part of its growing process of normalizing relations with Israel. State Department spokesman Morgan Ortega says this is a big deal.
8: Up until about two months ago, it had been 26 years since there was a peace agreement between an Arab state and the state of Israel. Now, in just a little over two months, we have three. So for those of us who have been working on the Middle East and North Africa for a long time, this um, this type of history is just completely unprecedented.
15: For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Your inside look into combat sports and now the host of the longest running fight show in radio and internet history.
14: I don't want to, to predict this fight, but, you know, I'm going to promise that I, I can give a good fight, you know, so, to make people happy, and I, I just do my best. Pedro Fernandez.
13: If I can't teach you one way, I'll teach you another, but I'm going to get the job done.
6: Promise <laughs> caballeros, bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, emanating from the Sports Byline Studios in the city by the bay, San Francisco, California. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Often imitated, but never duplicated. Welcome to hour number two, of course, the longest-running fight show in history, Ring Talk Live Worldwide. My name is Pedro Fernandez, but you probably know that. Straight up, we're talking boxing MMA for the next hour. Of course, we'll hear from Chuck Wepner, the man that inspired the Rocky series, right? the Rocky series of movies, right? Sylvester Stallone stole his idea. We'll get into that in depth with her. Chuck Wepner an interview about 40 minutes past the hour before that we'll check in with Kenny Rayford. of course he's a guy from the UK never retired a cruiserweight never really retired but he trains fighters in the gym and he's going to give us a pulse as far as his finger on the pulse as far as the UK and of course British boxing, of course two world heavyweight champions, both Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, although well, Joshua is a bit of a paper champion, hail from the UK. So we'll talk about that in depth with Kenny Rainford. Open phone lines all around the planet. Here's your chance to join in the fray if you'd like. 1-800- eight seven eight seven five two nine. That's one eight hundred eight seven eight seven five two nine or or the free No Commitment Text line. I got a bunch of texts coming in here too. Uh, but you can you can add to the queue. you can add to the queue. Four one five two seven five one six one three. The text line once again four one five two seven five one six one three. So straight up we are like one week away. Halloween of course a big fight. Davis and uh Mmm, Leo Santa Cruz. Ain't that big of a fight because everybody expects Gervonta Davis to smoke Leo Santa Cruz. This is part of a Showtime pay-per-view. But get this. On the same day... Um, ESPN, ESPN Plus going to go with Nano Inoy. Of course, he's an undefeated lad coming to us from Japan. Taking on Jason Maloney for the WA and IBF Bantamweight titles. That might be an exciting fight to watch. And on The Zone, it's going to look like Oleg is going to meet Derek Tazora in the heavyweight battle. So three fights on Halloween and one of them on pay-per-view. Which one will you be watching? You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
12: Go to BrightSideTaxRelief.com now.
3: Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year
4: is 2019, and someone is waiting for the previous to start in a movie theater.
7: Hey, you want anything? Popcorn? Soda? No, nothing?
3: This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019.
8: Quote today at Progressive.com, Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
1: Paid for by
9: Airtime Media.
6: When there are um and tech, techn ah when technology eh, when things don't go right you sort of grumble, right? Well things are going right. Kenny Raver's on the line of course on Skype coming to us from the UK. And Kenny how's life treating you, buddy?
13: Oh uh, life's, life's good, life's good. Life's good. I've been training this morning, still doing the usual things, you know.
6: Okay. What um what's happening in the UK? Is Anthony Joshua and, and both Tyson Fury gonna fight in the same month of December or what?
13: um it's up in the air at the minute. As you know, we've had the Deontay Wilder, uh, Tyson Fury, uh, Deontay Wilder fights on and off, on and off, on and off. You know, Um there's, there's a, a rumour that he could be taking some, uh, some step aside money to try and make this, uh, you know, the Tyson Fury and, the Joshua fight happen. Um you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's one of them things. It's, uh, money talks at the minute and with crowds not being allowed in. You know, money's a big thing because, you know, the, the crowds were, were bringing in a lot of money as well as obviously TV and stuff the same. But, uh, I mean, I, I actually believe that, um, Deontay Wilder, I just, I just don't think he, he, he in his own head, he thinks he can beat, uh, Tyson Fury. Whereas Anthony Joshua, I think, I think he knocks uh, Anthony Joshua out all day long, you know, so it'd be worth him taking money to step aside to let that fight happen. And then fight the winner. It's like a double whammy, double payday, you
6: know? You know, Joshua had a late introduction to boxing, even though he was a 2012 Olympic gold medalist. And I've tried to say this in the past, that a lot of heavyweights get found late in life. In other words, they're playing basketball or somebody sees them walking down the street. Even I've stopped a few guys that I thought were like of heavyweights. Hey, you ever box before? Anyway, it's just the way it goes. Some, some guys are latecomers to the game. Um, him being the 2012 Olympic gold medals, I was thinking the world of him. And then he sort of fell apart against Andy Ruiz. And he fell apart, not physically, but mentally.
13: Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's like the bully mentality. He wasn't used to people coming back at him. Uh, you know, Klitschko had a good go at him, as we know. But, you know, uh, the thing is, Andy Ruiz just, just, he blinded him with, the uh, – with his, with his, with his boxing ability at that time, uh, the speed of punch and, and, and everything that went with it. And plus he was a game kid who could take a shot as well. He came back, came back himself to, to, to gut it out, you know?
6: Yeah, but much like Michael Moore is famous for getting knocked out by an old man. Won't Anthony Joshua be, be, be famous for getting knocked out by a fat guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> That's true enough, but as you know <laughs>
13: yourself, some some of these fat guys some of these fat guys can't actually fight. You remember Buster Mathis and people like them years ago, they were they were they were they could fight but they just didn't look in shape at all.
6: Well, you know uh, the one.
13: The one fighter that does come to that come to mind is Tony Galento.
6: <laughs> yeah, <I don't laughs> he, think he, he
13: used to train in a beer in a beer garden. I think.
6: Yeah, he was never really in in shape per se. And, and, and uh, anyway, bottom line is, at the end of the day, boxing does require some conditioning. You know, I was talking earlier about Terence Crawford not being the biggest welterweight in the world. And, of course, he's going to take on Kell Brook, and Kell Brook's from across the pond. At one point Thomas thought Kell Brook was a class at 147 pounds. I mean, before he decided to move up 13 pounds to take on Gennady Golovkin, he got a couple of facial bones broken. And I remember telling Larry Merchant before the fight, it's not worth it. And Larry says, it is if the money's right. Was it worth it? Oh, uh, well, you know, we
13: were breaking up a little bit there, so I couldn't really get what you were saying. Okay. But you know, it's it's like anything. Anything's worth the challenge. Anything's worth you know the, the dollars talk. You know.
6: No, no, but I'll, like, I'll, know, I'll go... Larry Holmes used to say. Okay, I'll go back and say this again. Sorry, Brook moved up 13 pounds to fight Golovkin, got his face broken for it, and I told Larry Merchant before the fight that the fight wasn't worth going up to 160 pounds. That I thought he might get damaged permanently. Is he damaged permanently, Kel Brook?
13: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, he's he's he's, he's and he do, he doesn't live the life as well. So you know, it's, it's his lifestyle as well as uh as well as these fights, you know, um taking fights he shouldn't have been taking. Um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely affected him without a doubt. Did he get stabbed?
6: Was he was? Um, it, I had a rear, there was there was one there guy was, there was from you UK... in Tenerife once time. Yeah, there was there was one guy from the UK that got stabbed a couple times and was wondering if it was him. Um, so anyway, Kelbrook is going to end up losing probably out in a one-sided route to Terrence Crawford. Not that Terrence Crawford is the biggest wealth weight in the world. And that's where I think Kelbrook may have a chance as far as size is concerned. Now, were you surprised at all by the fact that Vasil Lomachenko failed so miserably against, uh, Teofimo Lopez last week?
13: Well, you know, there's things. Imagine with Lamachenko injuries and stuff like this. You know, he went in with a bad shoulder.
7: Oh, you know,
13: man. uh there was, a, there was a debate on TV the other day about about all the.
6: You know, is it true? Isn't it true? You know, um, but Ken, Kenny, I mean, the Kenny, is the- Kenny, we all go into fights yeah. hurt. You and I, I mean, we all go into fights with a hurt hand or the neck the ankle's not right or maybe you know, there's always some there's a muscle. To, there's nobody goes into a fight hundred percent.
13: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I hear you, You're just on your own level. I mean, I fought uh, me, one of my last professional fights. I dislocated my shoulder in the very first round. I went on to lose a six-round decision, a fight that should have been the easiest fight I ever had. But the fact of the matter is, I didn't win. So, <laughs> And and I knew I had an injury going into the fight, too. It was my own fault. It was my fault, no one else's fault at all.
6: Somebody shot me a text, Buster Mathis, or Buster Mathis Jr., They were both twins. They were both a bit overweight, both overweight fighters. Of course, Buster Mathis, Sr., fighting the best of the head 70s, of course, talking about Ali, Frazier, guys like that, and Buster Mathis, Jr., fighting Mike Tyson, I believe, in 1996 when Tyson had gotten out of prison. I think it was uh, early, mid-'90s. It was the Philadelphia Spectrum. They turned off the lights. I was doing ring talk radio in the middle of the arena, the Philadelphia Spectrum, after the fights, and they turned off the lights on me, Kenny. I ain't lying. They turned off every light in the building. Really? And I'm sitting there ringside doing radio. I mean, just imagine that the entire arena goes black. So I actually had to pull my equipment together, and I crawled out of there on my hands and knees. <laughs> I kid you not. It was a little crazy. <laughs> anyway, um, Tyson Fury, what's next for Tyson?
13: Well, you know, the Tyson, as I said before, Tyson Fury was, was, was it supposed to be fighting Deontay Wilder. No. Wilder's messing about again. Again, you know, is the fight? You know, they're the, the saying they're going to announce this week who he's actually going to fight. You know, and they, they were trying to pull out the unification match with with uh, with Fury and uh, and Joshua. But again, you know, these these are fights that should be happening, but for some reason or another, you know, it's they're not happening. You know, okay. the, reason, um, the reason, like I said before, I had,
6: the reason why I pushed that sorry. question at you twice. I apologize for interrupting you there. It was that they're trying to say Kubrat Pulov uh, is, is a shoe in for the December 5th date.
13: Sorry, Pedro, I didn't get that. I, I said they're the trying Pula. to tell Sorry. me now that this guy did,
6: um the, the shoe in date for the shoe in opponent for Tyson Fury on December 5th is going to be Kubrat Pulov.
13: Oh, yeah, Pulov.
6: That's what they're saying. Yeah.
13: Well, you know, we all know the winner of that fight, you know.
6: Yeah, but
3: you know.
6: what are guys going to do with no crowds? And, and and we talked about that earlier. The, the money is not going to be there. I mean, Canelo Alvarez is going to be off maybe almost a year and a half or two years when all this gets when all this gets said and done. Pound for pound, the best fighter in the business is is he wasting his career by not? I mean, they offered him 20, I think twenty five instead of thirty five million dollars to fight, and he doesn't want to fight Gennady Golovkin. Is there any sense in that, Kenny?
13: No, none whatsoever. I mean, I'm, none whatsoever. Uh, y- y- you know, t- 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 times like this, you need to keep busy. You know, you need to keep busy on whatever whatever dollars you can take, take it. You know, and and just train to the best of your ability and 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 just just get on with it. You know, the, these you know we're back to we're back to talking about the way these modern day fighters are wrapped in cotton wool. You know.
16: Okay,
6: so you're of the opinion that these modern day fighters are a little spoiled. Sorry, what was that? I said you feel they're a little, a little too coddled. The fighters of today are too coddled, too too spoiled.
13: Oh yeah, without a without without, without a doubt, you know, they, 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 you know, back, back 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 in the day, the promoter was the one who dictated the terms, conditions, the fights, everything made the fights. And nowadays, it, the, the fighters are like they're on, they're on the top table, they're making all the decisions, who the fight, and yeah yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, some of these some of these fighters now. The
6: entrances are more entertaining than the than the fights. True, but before Mah- before the Muhammad Ali Professional Boxing Act, I mean, a promoter can make a th- a million dollars and a fighter can make ten dollars, and the fighter wouldn't know the promoter made a million dollars. So some things have so, some things have advanced as far as the world of boxing is mm-hmm. concerned.
13: Oh yeah, I'm I'm all for the fights getting the money without a doubt. I'm all for the for the of getting the money, but the dollars we're talking now that these fighters can earn far outweighs. The, you know, the dollars that even Muhammad Ali was making, you know, you know, uh, I mean, back in 82 when Larry Holmes and Jerry Cooney split 20 million dollars, it was a massive, massive payday. Then paydays now that they're, they're nothing.
6: You got a point there. Kenny Rainford is our guest. Of course, Kenny will be sticking around for a second, second segment. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. We're coming to you live Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific time for two hours on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I Heart Radio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 211, and like a plethora of other Internet platforms. You can listen to this, your podcast, your favorite podcast. You can find it wherever you want to. With the bottom line, is, we do ours, at Anchor.com. Ring Talk Live Worldwide, the podcast are at Anchor.com. You're tuned to Ring. Talk live worldwide.
2: Well, then you'll never.
5: Call Quit Drugs 321
1: now at 800 338 6906. 800 338 6906. That's 800 338 6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
2: Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. of night with
1: the moon
0: There's a, going strong, a lot of things going on. The man. For so
3: long. Oh, super wow, I can't
6: believe it. it's been 30 years since Buster Douglas course did that big dive against Evander Holyfield. Mills Lane, of course, from my uh, broadcast partner afterwards, of course, we did Let's Get It On Boxing Together, and Mills told me I thought he could have got up, but he didn't want to get up. Bottom line is... Buster Douglas took a dive that night. The only time that Buster Douglas ever got himself together mentally and physically was for the Tyson fight and that was because he was afraid that Tyson was going to kill him and his mother had just died. Outside of that, Buster really, really didn't give a snot about boxing. Of course, he failed miserably with the Holyfield and after that, his career was toast. You were, That was 30 years ago, October 25th. Wow, 30 years ago, in 1990. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking at the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, we are going across the Pond to the UK and bringing in Kenny, Kenny Rainford, Kenny. Are there is there anybody in the UK that really stands out right now that we don't know about over here?
13: Uh not really, not really. I mean, you know, the the the, the, the name fighters that are around at the minute you pretty much well know of. Um, you know, with the with this coat with this COVID thing over here, obviously it stopped. Um, the last what, what are we in now? Enough nine months or so. Mm-hmm. Or so. You know, any new names that were coming through are pretty much, you know, just sitting on the byline waiting to, waiting for some exposure, some ability to get out there and, and show what they've got, you know?
6: You know, I know you've had some, uh, COVID experiences over there in the UK, but the United States government now says we're not going to go, we quote, this morning, it says we're not going to control the pandemic. That was the president's spokesperson. American is learning to live with it. We're not learning to live with it. We're, we're yeah. dying from it over here.
13: Same here, same here, buddy. the The area I live in in is it's just been put on lockdown again for a second time, and uh, not full lockdown, but we're on lockdown. And in, in you know, normal normal life is far from from even being even being even being seen at the minute. You know, can, and can... and incidentally, you mentioned about Buster Douglas there. Very sadly, as you're probably aware, JD McCauley, yeah. uh, his uncle, passed away on mm-hmm. Monday, who, uh, who who strategically put that. That, that went together for him with uh, with Mike Tyson. Um, sorry to hear of his
6: passing. You know. Let me t- uh, let me tell you about the origins of that fight. Um, Peyton Share set the fight up. Peyton Share was a booking agent. He was the guy that was getting that was working uh, working Buster Douglas with Don King. He was the guy going and doing the negotiating with Don King. Of course, the manager was John Johnson and J D McCauley, and there was another guy. That was a trainer. I can't think of his name right now. God, it just slips my mind, but he was a co-trainer and he's the guy that Buster's tight with right now. But JD McCauley had a, had a barbecue pit in Columbus, Ohio, a barbecue restaurant. So every day I was in, in, uh, in Buster's office about two o'clock in the afternoon, a couple of slabs of ribs came in. That's how Buster got to 300 pounds. We were eating like four or five times a day.
13: Yeah. Crazy.
6: Yeah, Crazy. he did, did, didn't give a snot. You know what I mean? He beat Mike Tyson, that was it. He was gonna do anything after that. Um hm. You know, but, but when I look at, when you look, speaking of Tyson, are you guys excited yeah. of the fact that Tyson's gonna do this exhibition against Roy Jones? Is there any appetite for that in the UK?
13: Huge appetite for it. Huge appetite for it. You know, people, people, people are treating this as like the, the Mike Tyson comeback. You know, but the reality of it is, 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 is Mike is, uh, up to now, I don't believe he's done any sparring for the fighters yet. There's sort that he has, but I've not seen any. Um, you know, I know a few people around Mike, as you probably do yourself. He's obviously got himself in great condition, but at the, at the same time, Mike is not living the life. He's not living the life of an athlete, you know, and, uh, you know, I just hope he, I just hope he, no one gets hurt. I hope he looks well. But you know the uh, the chances of of Mike making a comeback uh, are are slim to say no, the least. No, I would suggest. no,
6: but but the, but he's picked the right guy. He's picked the right foil, hasn't he? A soft chin, light heavyweight. Of
13: course, you know you know Roy Jones Jr. got knocked out by Joe Cas, Caza- not Joe um, Joe Kazagi's relation. His name slips me now. The cruiserweight he got knocked out um, viciously. Mm-hmm. Um, and in his last fight, you know, and, and sadly, sadly for Roy, I could see the same thing happening
6: again. Yeah. Roy doesn't take, well, you know, there was a secret. Nobody knew it, but back in 1988, Sugar Ray Leonard had $100,000 in a briefcase over here in Concord, California, and he was going to give it to Roy Jones, slide it to Roy Jones in order to sign him because Roy, R- Ray was doing promotional at, uh, promotions at that point in time. Sugar Ray Leonard promotions. Anyway, so he tells me he's going to sign Roy Jones and a whole nine yards, and we're going back and forth. He first tells me this in Oakland, California, because that's where the prelims were. Then the, the finals moved to, uh, to Concord, California. But he tells me Oakland, California, he's going to sign Roy Jones, and then he says to me, you know, the only problem about Roy is, Pedro, and I'll never forget, he was kicking back. He put his feet up. He goes, Roy's got a glass jaw. And I said, what? He goes, um. oh, yeah. He goes, Roy's been knocked out twice in the gym with the, with the big gloves on. And I mean knocked out to the point where he's been snoring. I said, whoa. He goes, so you can understand, you know, why, why he's the best of the team, but I think he's got a glass jaw. So, so, so what's the story? He goes, well, I'm going to give him, I think, a one million dollar signing bonus. Where are you going to get this? He goes, well, I got some investors that are backing me up, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to give him the hundred thousand dollars in cash and then um, try to impress him with $100,000 in cash in a briefcase, and then get him to take the hundred grand, obviously, and, you know, sign a deal with him, sign a promotional contract with him. Of course, this was pre-Olympics, and Ray, that might have been a little bit shady, but I don't think it was illegal at that point in time. Anyway, it didn't happen. Uh Ray ended up taking the $100,000 back to the savings alone, wherever he got it in Concord, California, and didn't end up uh, giving Roy Jones that offer. But, you know, Roy made a lot of money before he ended up getting knocked out. So... I still think that might have been oh, a promotion. Yeah. that might have been a promotional mistake on Ray Leonard.
13: Yeah, yeah. Well I was in Pensacola, Florida for a week with Roy Jones Jr. with with a couple of fighters who I was camp- camping with Jason Papillon and a few others and, and in the gym, in the gym Roy Jones Jr. was cleaning the gym out every day. But this one kid, Jason Papillon, I don't know if you're familiar with Jason. Yeah. Who 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 was yeah. a reasonable fighter, not a great fighter, but a reasonable fighter. But he could never get past Jason Stiles. Style, style, style was Jason had his number. So he used to employ Jason as a sparring partner at every single camp because he used to, he was, he was trying desperately to figure out Jason, but he never could. So Jason used to run rings around Roy Jones in the gym. Um, but again, it's down to Styles, you know, but, um, you know, there's no doubt about it. He was, he was great in his day, but I think people get carried away with how, how great he really was. I mean, for me, for me, Marvin Hagler, fighters like
6: that would have would have beaten Roy Jones Jr. without a doubt in my estimation. Okay, who is Jason Maloney? Twenty one and one, eighteen KOs out of Australia. Is 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 he really that solid of a fighter He's going in there against a monster in this guy, Nanoa Inouye.
13: I've not really seen a lot of him, so I I I can't really comment to be fair. Um so I, I really can't comment on that one
6: myself. but Okay, Gervante Davis and Leo Santa Cruz.
13: Right, right. Okay, what do you see there? You're picking for that one. <laughs> uh, pfft. Uh, I've got that as a, as a bit of a pick and fight, me.
6: Oh, you do. Okay, let's bet a soda right now. We'll bet a Pepsi Cola on it. I'm taking Davis. You're taking Santa Cruz. How's that? Go for that. All right. We'll bet a on that one. This is, this is a mismatch in size. You got 135 pounder going to shrink down to 130. He's going to annihilate poor Leo Santa Cruz. I know poor Leo's in trouble. Anyway, October 31st, Maloney in Illinois. And of course, uh, October 31st, a guy from your neck of the woods, Derek Tazora taking on Oleg Usek. Oleg Usek and Derek Tazora is a heavyweight matchup. Is this a work fight for Oleg Usek or is Derek Tazora a real challenge?
13: I think it's a dangerous fight, you know, because who, who, who is Usek fought, really? You know, as a heavyweight, who is he for? He's obviously been moving around with heavyweights, mm-hmm. uh, sparring and whatnot, but Chisora is one of them fighters, he'll either turn up or he won't turn up. If he turns up, Usek's in trouble.
6: Real he quick. really
13: get you. You will get tested.
6: Okay, real quick, in less than a minute, if I could get you to 147 pounds, would you fight Earl Spencey and he got flipped out of a car at 120 miles per hour and has all those injuries that we don't know about?
13: Without a doubt. (laughs) (laughs) Me too! I think,
6: don't you think he's damaged goods? Definitely, definitely and yeah. they're playing it off like it's nothing they got a safe guy I think of Danny Garcia doesn't throw too many punches but if he steps up with anybody else I think he's in trouble Kenny Rainford you're the greatest man I love you I thank you for your time I respect you and I hope you'll come back real soon again
13: anytime buddy time at all it's a pleasure my pleasure
6: my buddy Kenny Rainford you can find him on Facebook Kenny Rainford out of the UK he's a former retired cruiserweight actually he never retired You're tuned to Ring Talk. Yeah, he never, I don't think he ever did. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
2: Shell, we know from the time you get up to the time you wrap up, Good night. there's a lot of meetups, hey, eatups eat-ups, and hurry-ups. So come to Shell and get three things done at once. Fill up with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus to help keep your engine running like new. Save up with the Fuel Rewards program and never pay full price for gas again. And snack up with in-store rewards to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. And engines that continuously use Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gas. See full terms and conditions at fuelrewards.com.
9: If your home service business is not at the top of Google Maps, winningreviews.com is here to help. You need to be careful when working on your Google My Business profile, which is what shows up on Google Maps. One mistake, and you'll be on page two. Winningreviews.com offers a workshop to teach you how to get to the top of Google Maps. Don't let your competition have that top spot. Check out winningreviews.com and get to the top of Google Maps. Go to winningreviews.com. That's winningreviews.com.
1: that's eight hundred seven five four forty five thirty one. 754
3: That's 800-603-0885 Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
2: (laughs) I'm going to like you. I'm going to hang you, but I'm going to like you.
6: Chuck Wettner, the Bayonne Bleeder. All the guy did was cut up. Of course, 36 and 14 is professional. Couple of draws, 17 KOs. Fought the best, fought guys like, you know, Sonny Liston, Dwayne Bobic. Dwayne Bobbick, uh, he was undefeated at the time, 36 and zip. He lost it, an eight-round uh, TKO to point. He fought Ali, of course, and supposedly knocked Ali down, stepped on his foot, something like that. Anyway, Chuck Webner has a different story about that. But at the end of the day, he was a guy behind the Rocky movies. I mean, he was a character behind the Rocky movies. You know, the guy that that maybe that, that got a title shot that really didn't deserve the title shot, that was a bit of a hobo or a journeyman or a club fighter, or call it what you want. But Chuck Webner was never going to the World Boxing Hall of Fame, not based on his talents and not based on his career. Career. no way no no doubt about that a few years ago he wrote a book and we sat down and we had this conversation we're honored to have chuck Webner on the sports byline broadcast network folks an outstanding heavyweight back in the day of course knocked down muhammad ali but we'll get to that he was the story of the rocky movies and now there's a movie all about him i'm talking about chuck so chuck Webner, talk to me about
16: chuck well it's a movie that's been a long time in the making uh over 11 years, you know, we finally got the right uh, the right script, and most of all, we got the right actor. We got Lev Schreiber to play me in the movie, and uh, I'm thrilled about that. He's a great actor and a terrific young guy.
6: Okay, the movie's already in the theaters. It's got rave reviews. Of course, everybody's rocking and rolling, and Hollywood has had a relationship with boxing since these silent movie days. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. They are very enamored with the sport and the sport and the squared circle. Now, t- before we get... Back to Chuck, just for a second. I gotta ask you about my buddy Sylvester Stallone. And the reason why I say my buddy is, I interviewed him one time, and he was a bit of a turd. And 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 I'll go into that maybe on another day. But you know, he stole your story back in 1975 or 1976, and he didn't pay you a dime until 2011.
16: What a dick! Well, you know, it. Uh, he, he did the right thing by me. I, I don't know what your opinion of it is, of it, but he's a. Uh, in my mind he's a good guy you know he tried to put me in rocky II. he wrote a part in ching web i have the script right here as a matter of fact and mm-hmm. i had uh, i had 22 lines and he called me into philadelphia to read for the part and i didn't do well he even gave me a second chance to read for the part an hour hour and a half later and i still didn't do that great you know it's uh it was one of those things so time went by and uh Finally, we got together, and we squared away everything, and everything is fine now.
6: Well, I'm glad that he got straight up with you. Now, i got to bring you back to uh, March 29, 1975, fight Muhammad Ali. You said it was the greatest experience of your life. When I spent two weeks with him over in China, those were the greatest two weeks of my life. I mean, he's just – there's something about the greatest in great times being around that guy, isn't there?
16: Yes, he is. He, uh, we, we spent a lot of time together because we also did a uh, – uh, a commentary and a, a little short film on uh, Tooth Decay for Washington. So we spent about four or five days. You're absolutely right. He's a terrific guy, and uh, I cherish that uh, that four days that we spent with him. It was great. We had a couple of uh, the, the former president of the United States there, and uh, uh, Ali acted up with him, and uh, uh, he's a peanut farmer. Uh, Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. And uh, he was on the dais, and he uh, may believe he fell asleep when the president was speaking. And uh, Carter says, oh, my God, I must be boring. The champ went to sleep, and uh, uh, he woke up just then, and he, he introduced Ali, and Ali got up there and talked for 15 minutes. It was great.
6: Okay. Chuck Wagner is our guest. The movie's Chuck, folks. I'm going to see it this weekend before I do the Saturday night show, so I will have a review on it for Saturday night, the Johnny Taco show at 10 p.m. Pacific time right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. But let's go, let's go back to the Ali fight. Knocking him down, did you step on his
16: foot? No. I hit him with a right hand under the heart. He threw a jab. I slipped it, uh, to the right, to a right hand. If you watch the film, you can see the punch land. Now, that that shot of me stepping on his foot, that could have been any time during the fight. They never protested it. Ali took the eight count, got up and kept fighting. Drew Bondini Brown came up with a uh, came up with a story later on, two hours after the fight and uh, but you know what, it, it, it's all conjecture and he uh, mm-hmm. it was called a knockdown and uh, it it makes good press. Drew Bondini Brown, the king of BS himself? Yeah, that was him. Drew was corner. <laughs>
6: <laughs> okay, let's go back to the Sun. I, I knew Sonny listen's last trainer, Johnny Tocco. Remember Johnny Tocco? that ran the gym in Las Vegas. Do you remember him? No, I
16: heard of the, I heard the name, but no, I All didn't know. Yeah, he, well, he started out in Vegas. Uh, yeah, yeah,
6: he, he was he was he was Sonny listen's last trainer, and Davy Pearl was his Davy Pearl. The manager, the uh, was his manager. Of course, he was a referee of Tommy Hearns and Sugar Ray Leonard back in 1981 as well. But they, they were of the opinion that Sonny had some issues with the mob when he went back to fight you. And there were rumors that the mob wanted him to lose to you and you and all this kind of stuff. And, gee, is there any, any truth to that at all, Mr. Webner?
16: Well, God, I'll tell you what. If they wanted to lose, he sure as hell didn't do it. Because in that fight, they got a broken nose, broken right cheekbone, and uh, uh, 71 stitches. You know, I pressed him the whole fight and that was my style. As a matter of fact, at the end of the ninth round, Bonnie Felix, the referee, wanted to stop the fight and I said, Barney, one more round, let me finish it. He said, All right, how many fingers do I have up ice? How many guesses do I get? You know, I couldn't see nothing. You know, it was uh they stopped the fight with a minute and twenty three seconds to go in the uh, tenth round and uh Lister was top got biggest puncher I ever fought, and I fought four world champions.
6: No doubt about that. Chuck Wepner is our guest, folks. The movie's Chuck is out at your theaters as I speak. Um, what can people expect out of this movie besides reality? I mean, this this is there's no sugar coating in this movie, is there? I've been told it's like straight up Chuck.
5: Yep, it
16: is, it is straight up Chuck, and I mean, you're absolutely right. There's no sugar coating. They expect to see the life and times of the real Chuck Wepner. You know, I inspired Rocky. It was the fight with with Ali that inspired it. And but uh, this movie tells the truth. It doesn't pull any punches. And uh, so far, we've got a lot of great reviews, not one bad one. And uh, if you go to see the fight, I'm sure you'll come home and uh, and be happy that you went.
6: With that, sir, we say goodbye. We wish you the very best of luck with your movie, Chuck. And of course, anytime you want to come back to Sports Byline, the red carpet is open for Mister Chuck. Webner. not about to, the Biome Bleeder? You are a class act in boxing. You're a class act outside of the ring, sir. You're a credit to the human race and the sport of boxing. Thank you for your time and your dedication.
16: Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
6: The great Chuck Wechter on Sports Byline. Somebody accused me of kissing Chuck's ass. Uh, that's what he said. To me. This is, of course, from 2017, but that's what somebody, you were like kissing Chuck's butt the entire interview. You know, uh, maybe, maybe it came across the way, but that's not the way it went down. Bottom line is he's a nice guy to be around. We've been together at different functions, uh, around the, uh, country different, and he's always showed a lot of class, he's always been, you know, really, n- I never saw him intoxicated, never, never anything bad about Chuck Wepner. I mean, no, other than the fact he didn't fight all that well. I mean, he was tough, but he didn't fight all that well. Straight up, boxing's rock and roll, and of course, I said three fights, uh, coming up on October 31st, I'm talking about, Halloween, the zone's gonna go, ES gonna go, of course, and of course Showtime pay per view's gonna go. And the Showtime pay per view card, of course, I've talked about Javante Davis on top. Javante Davis an excellent fighter, no doubt about that. Of course, a maybe three to one favorite over over um Leo Santa Cruz. And when you have that uh, three to one favorite, I mean the other night. Uh, you know, four to one favorite. Lomachenko is a four to one favorite. Four to one favorite. Lost the first seven rounds. I'm going to go back to that just for a second. Lost the first seven rounds on all three judges' scorecards. You're trying to tell me that all three judges scored it wrong and that I scored it wrong too when I gave all seven rounds, the first seven rounds, to um to the young man, of course, from Brooklyn, Tiafimo Lopez. Of course, gave him the first seven and the second one I put a question mark next to. So I gave uh Mr. Lomachenko four of the last five. And I ended up having it 116, 112. Of course, originally it was 9-3, but that second round I went back, so I had a question mark against Stewart. to it. I went back and I gave that to Lomachenko as a welfare round. You give away welfare rounds every now and then because you think the guy, you know, you're not believing your eyes. That's what it was. Most people just couldn't believe their eyes. They couldn't believe their guy was getting lit up, getting beat to the punch time and time and time again. Of course, he's complaining about the size. What did you think? You're stepping up to 135 pounds. Did you think it was going to be a walk in the park? You said to everybody before you thought your peak weight was 126 pounds and that you're stepping out of your uh, class at 130 and 135. Maybe you need to go back there if you want to be super dominant. And super dominant, you know, made guys quit, yeah, but didn't really, like, do this pound-for-pound pound thing. This pound-for-pound pound thing I thought was a bit uh overhyped. I think that Bob Arum did a great job promoting this guy, and, of course, Bob Arum also did a great job in making sure that there wasn't a rematch clause in Lomachenko's contract because he doesn't have to deal with that rematch. In other words, Lomachenko is a non-entity. To some boxing fans, yes, he's a superstar or a good fighter or a great fighter, whatever your opinion goes on that, I don't care. But the bottom line is he doesn't draw. He doesn't sell. He does I mean, people don't want to tune in to watch. people won't throw down pay per view money to watch him fight. For some reason, he just can't turn that he can't he can't he can't turn the corner. He just can't turn the corner, okay? So he needs guys to be his opponents. And he doesn't really have any guys or his opponents he can make pay per view money off of right now. And of course Tia Lopez, That sort of he exposed he exposed that. That was an easy fight. I mean, 7-zip, good Lord. That's like 7-zip. We're talking about a 12-round fight, 12 little fights. I know everybody says, oh, but down the stretch, Lomachenko was stronger. Not in the 12th round, but for those four of the last five rounds, I'll give them to you. I'll give them to you. But that doesn't win you a fight. Being strong at the end doesn't win you a fight. A fight, a boxing match, is 12 individual fights. And if you win the majority of those 12 fights, see Marvin Hagler and Sugar Ray Leonard, 1987, April, of course, when Ray Leonard won four of the first five rounds and then won a 7-5 to five decision. It's math. It's simple math. If Teofimo went off or won seven straight rounds in a row, he didn't have he would have had to get knocked down in almost every round after that point to lose the fight. And he didn't. He showed up strong. I mean, that 12th round, he came out. His father told him, you've got the cards, you got the car, the fight won on the cards. What happened? He went out there and he put it to him. He put it to, he put it to Vasil Lomachenko. Something nobody thought was possible. At the end of the night, we had a new world champion. He came out. We heard the interview last week, of course. He was in a suit and tie. He was very respectful for the most part, except when he, he talked a little smack about Devin Haney and things like that. And as far as Haney's concerned, you know, I said that Haney did the right thing by not sticking around and being an amateur, of course, and trying to get that Olympic gold medal because he can't really cash it in like he used to back in the Oscar de la Hoya days. So the right move was to turn pro. But at 24 and 0, he hasn't fought anybody. And now he's going to fight Yuri Gamboa. and I'm supposed to get excited about that. I'm not gonna. Anyway, at the end of the day, we'll see what Devin Haney has when he mixes with guys like Ryan Garcia and Jervante Davis, because I think those guys are gonna stay at 135 for sure. As far as the champion Teofimo Lopez, his father says the future is at 140 pounds. He doesn't want to cut to 135 anymore. He's. I noticed he complained about that in training, not once but twice. I heard him again three or four times. So. Every time I swear to do eh, making one thirty-five stuff, making one thirty-five stuff, making one thirty-five stuff. So they want to move up to one forty. And you heard Larry Merchant me- mention an hour and a morning, of course, the retired HBO Godfather. He said that you know he thinks that he can be the top guy at one forty. Well, I think so as well. But right now, I think one thirty-five has got some stars in it. <clears> Trevante <throat> Davis might be might be a favorite over Tiafimo a little bit it's in the minds of some people, especially if he performs well next week against Leo Santa Cruz. Of course, Santa Cruz coming in there undersized and I've told you before, size matters in two things pornography and combat sports. And Leo Santa Cruz is gonna be on the short end of a size thing. Of course that's on pay per view. Now, why would you put a pay per view card on the same day? There's gonna be uh two other cards on TV. I'm talking about the ESPN car with Annoy and Maloney, of course the uh the uh Javante, the um the zone car with Oleg Usek and Derek Tazor, of course that heavyweight battle from the UK, from the UK. So why would you do that? When they had the fight originally scheduled for yesterday. I don't get it. I mean, they announce a pay-per-view with three or four weeks. It doesn't sell. They say, we're going to try to do something different. We'll put it off an extra week. They're not going to have a live crowd for this one, I'm told. So what's what's the beef? Anyway, October 31st, Halloween night. I guess not too many people are going out because of the covid virus and this now so i guess it's a good night to stay home and watch tv but the bottom line is showtime pay-per-view javante davis leo santa cruz halloween of course that is october 31st coming to you from the u.s you are tuned to rink talk live worldwide check it you're inside looking to the world of boxing mma of course 37 plus years now oscar de la hoya notice he's not talking about a comeback anymore yeah speaking of comebacks I did some road work and some, co- and some core work the other night, right? I felt so good shadow boxing afterwards that I was puffing off, saying to myself, you know, I could fight again. Then the next night, I was so sore, I felt like I was 90. So, not so much. Can I say, sort of bipolar on the fighting and not fighting type of thing. <laughs> you are tuning to Ring Talk Live Worldwide.
2: What does it take to win your love for me? Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
6: (coughs) Somebody asked what I thought was the greatest rivalry in all of boxing. I thought it might have been Jake LaMotta and Sugar Ray Robinson. Reason being, I talked to both guys. And they both despised one another, even though they said later on they were sort of chummy and this and that. But the bottom line is they hated one another. each other. They did. Of course, they fought like three times in a month at one point in time. Um... They were truly, truly great guy ideas. Other fights, of course, other great rivalries. Bobby Chacon and Bazook Lamone, I think they went four times, at least three times for sure. I think I saw the third one up there in Sacramento. Yeah, three times. We saw the third one up there in Sacramento when Chacon upset him. Of course, that was in 1982 to win the WBC 130-pound championship. As far as all-out rivalries, of course, Ali and Frazier. What could be a better rivalry than Ali and Frazier? Of course, the thrill in Manila, capping that off, of course, in 1975. Joe Frazier being stopped in the 14th round when My buddy, and may he rest. Rest in peace, I'm talking about Eddie Futch. When Eddie Futch said, son, you got nothing to be ashamed of. I'm going to stop this fight. And he stopped the fight. Of course, Joe Frazier didn't want to stop that fight. One is Joe's sad points, but he saved Joe from further punishment. Joe was getting beat on that that 13th round like a bongo drum. Bottom line is great rivalries in boxing. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking into the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, we come to you live Saturdays and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Saturdays for an hour, Sundays for two hours, live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio Series, XM Satellite Radio, Channel 211, and a plethora of other internet platforms. You can check us in our podcasts, of course, on iTunes, and of course, the real podcast. We got them going on at Anchor.com. Lots of features as well. Ring Talk Live Worldwide, check out our podcast at Anchor.com. Until next time, the executive producer, the one the only, Scott Cuddy. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, a production of Sports Byline.